Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Whoa, hi. What's going on? I think there's something interesting going on. I don't think it's dangerous. Get out of here, Kratos. You're standing on my stomach. No! Zolkin, go help them. I don't love you anymore. I said a badass line, and I'm ready to fuck shit up. I got no magic, and I'm stuck in a bubble. What do you want from me? Doran, is Red still down there? I don't know where he is. God, why am I colorblind? Come on, buddy. Come on. I don't think we're going to make it up there. I always wanted to die surrounded by my friends. Unfortunately, that won't be today. Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 89, Blood Runs Cold. This week's MVP is Scott Grigsby, who joined us on Facebook. Nice to see you, Scott. Looking for something spooky and awesome and amazing? By now you must know our friends at Dimension Door. Liz and James are like family. But did you know they have a second show called Dimension Door Severed Fate? If you think that title sounds awesome, you have good taste. Check them out at DimensionDoorPodcast.com. And if you haven't already, make sure you're listening to the OG Dimension Door. You know, to be cool. Love those guys. All right, shall we do this? Let's play some D&D. &D. I want to know this week, to start out Dice Shame, what is everyone's very favorite kind of food? Candy. Oh, wow. Candy. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we can't talk about candy again, Justin. I mean pizza. Homemade pizza, pierogies. Pizza. Snake meat. Oh. Snake meat. Snake meat. Did you even hear Rob's no. suggestion? A galette? Pierogies. I said homemade pierogies. Oh, pierogies. Really? That's your fave? Oh my God. They're they're the, yeah, yeah. But they're also like traditional. They're nostalgic. They're this like the Christmas Easter like food where it's the production of everybody pinching pierogies all day, drinking gin and tonic and hanging out. And so, but, oh yeah, it's mm. like a family. But also they're. How old were you when you were drinking gin and tonic? 14. Way too young. When I was three. You, you, you had to learn to mix gin and tonics properly before you got to drink one, but you had to keep the pierogi pinchers fueled. Don't worry. That's what our family was. You need to, in our family, you needed to know how to make a martini at like oh, 10, I see. you know, like you need, because everybody Gin and tonic martinis. was the pierogi pinching drink. That's for sure. I like pierogi's that. Interesting. I mean, I love, love pierogies. I think obviously I don't have a familial connection with them. So obviously that boosts it. Uh, but I mean, pizza for me is like a super anytime. I, I, I love it. And every time I don't, I'm like, ow, pizza is so, so. And then I have it. I'm like, oh no, pizza's everything. Uh, it's so good. Well, funny because last night I was eating a taco mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, it's really up there between tacos and pizza. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. Hard shell taco or soft shell taco? Actually, it was a hard shell wrapped with a soft shell. Oh, yeah. that's the best way to do yeah. it. Hard yeah. shell with the soft on the outside. I yeah. Late Cinco de Mayo. Actually, well, we had it the day before or the day after Cinco de Mayo. Oh, you did a Cinco de Mayo sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing is, though, like I've had tacos here and I've had tacos in Mexico and they're brilliant both both ways, like different. But I have to say I've had pizza in Italy and it's like pizza here. But pizza was invented in New York. What do you mean? Okay, fine. Well, I've had pizza in New York, too. I don't know. Pizza is the same everywhere. Cuba. I just find pizzas Mm. like you can have good pizza and bad pizza in all those places. But tacos are very different here in Canada than they are in in. Even in well, pizza in Italy and pizza is just very different. Well, I didn't think so. It's not. If you try to find like a slice of New York pizza in like Italy, right. you're not really going to have right. the same thing. It's like or fresh tomato and real mozzarella. Pizza like, fact. When do you think the first pizzeria in Canada opened? Pizza fact. Is this a pizza fact or a pizza quiz? It's a question. I've got the answer. <laughs> it's a pizza 1951. quiz. 1951. 1800. Seven. <laughs> 1967. 1964. 1948 was the first. I was two years off. I win. Pizzeria Napolitana in Montreal was the first pizzeria in Canada. Justin, what's your favorite food? Lobster, hands down. Next question. You do oh, love lobster. You're shit, so yeah. funny. I love lobster. It's it's simple. It hasn't changed my entire life. It's simple. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't need to change. Simple man with simple tastes. <laughs> I like a food that I can destroy an entire creature during. <laughs> I want it all of it. I love seafood. I'm all, yeah. I'm all with you. No, I do too. Rather than just a little piece of an entire. I'm I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that that's like a bad thing. I totally I like the feeling of like ripping this lobster's head off. It's efficient. You, you came over for a lobster dinner on your birthday. We bought two lobsters. You taught me, you taught lobster. me how to make lobster. You yes, know I I've completely lobster. forgotten. Oh, shit. I was just remembering that little uh, fucking crawfish boil we did for Chris's oh, birthday. Yeah, that, that was so was good. Too. Yeah. Crawfish, enough, crawfish yeah. is up there, too, except you don't get the same amount so of meat. they're so tiny. It's, they're tiny, yeah. How do you guys feel about oysters? Love oh, them. love them. Love them. I like them. Rob? I love them. I, I'm all for it. Like seafood and everything. I just <laughs> five for five. I, I thought it might be divisive, but never mind. We all love nope. it. Fuck yeah. No. <laughs> Nothing beats fresh caught or picked or plucked oysters off of the West. <laughs> Harvested. Chipped. Chiseled. Chiseled mm. oysters. Chiseled. <laughs> Shoveled? Fresh they kind of are. I mean, shoveled? they're, they're just, like taking off rocks. Yeah. Walking along the intertidal zone in uh, BC, just like picking them up and putting them over fire. Shucked. How about shucked? Well, shucked is, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. What we need to do is once all this COVID's over, we do a cottage weekend where oh, we all pitch yeah. in and do a big yeah. seafood oh feast. Steaming pot. Yes. Right? Please. Ste- and, we, and we do like a lobster. We do like oyster appetizer. And then Fresh we do a, a, a dump out. Breakfast galettes. I- <laughs> don't think i won't with with scallops in it we're having seafood all weekend all meals all yes, weekend please. all meals oh. joe joe what about your favorite food yeah i don't know i mean you're all making very convincing arguments i can't i can't pick one <laughs> i like yeah, lobster but you that's my what's the food to. you like i love pizza and lobster and tacos and oh steak pierogies oh and steak. I love steak a lot. Steak is the thing that you come home being like, man, I want a steak tonight. I need a steak tonight. I don't ever say I need a steak. Uh, here's a question. <laughs> Joe, you used to be a vegetarian. I did. I was vegan. a vegan. You were a vegan. What was your favorite food yeah. when you were a vegan? St- steak. <laughs> Still steak. She just couldn't have it. <laughs> I... I was really, honestly, I really love a lot of vegetables. I think my favorite vegetable is probably artichoke. Oh. So I really loved um, like steamed or roasted artichokes. So fucking good. Interesting. I'm a huge um, really Olives are also really up there for me. Love an olive. But those are like... Pickled anything is what I understood was a, was a big... Yeah. For real. Well, I mean, we're not talking about like single anything? elements. I thought we were talking about like a, di- like a dish. Well, what genre of food do I like the most? I'm probably going to go with Italian. I demolish a pasta. I really, really love a lasagna. We don't eat pasta a lot at home because Harlan's not crazy about it. But I think definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. And steak. We're really lucky in Toronto... There's a, just a ton of really amazing things happening culinarily. Our food culture is pretty cool. Culinarily. Man, I don't know how we can record this episode because my mouth is watering so much. But well, Let's f- just talk about food for another. Shall we play some D&D? <laughs> what are yeah. we talking let's about? Eat some monsters. <laughs> Kraloth, you are awakened by the insistent voice of Captain Treniero's calling to you from outside the hut. Sir Kraloth. We are not alone here in the spire. Another presence calls to us from somewhere. Follow me. And Kraloth rubs his eyes, grabs his shield and mace, and follows his captain. The semi-translucent form of your captain descends the spiral staircase through the darkness, through this tower down. Do we hear him... Like I have a passive perception of... 20. Do I hear him stir? I don't think you automatically hear people as they wake up. Kraloth, did you want to wake any of your buddies? So Kraloth, he, he gets up and he grabs his, his shield and his mace. And uh, as he kind of stumbles out of the hut, he accidentally clangs his mace off of the side of Red's head. <laughs> Ow! What the hell, Kraloth? <laughs> Oh, 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 sorry, Red. Go back to sleep. I'm just going out for a minute. What's going on? Why are you going out? Captain Trenieros, uh, he says there's a presence in the tower. Uh, I just wanted to go check it out, but I don't think it's worth waking everybody up. Yeah, well, you'd be tough getting rid of me. I stand up. Let's go. And I proceed out of the tent. And I follow. And just before I, I leave, I just kick Doran's foot a little bit, just so he's aware if something goes wrong. Yeah, 
And Doran's rolls over and goes back to sleep. <laughs> Farts. Hell no. Very instinctively, an eye opens. You just see Red's eye and Red sort of nods, you know, and yeah, it's almost like instinct. Like if I'm woken at night, I don't suddenly jump. I'd like become aware of my surroundings because of my soldier training. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that Doran, he, he's mid snore and he wakes up and keeps snoring. Like he's, he's, oh, he's yeah. opens his eyes, but he fakes the sound. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he doesn't miss a beat. You know what I mean? I think that'd be a really cool little. And it, it's so true too. So he does. He keeps an eye on you leaving. The semi-translucent form of your captain descends the spiral staircase through the darkness, leading you, Kraloth, and Red, you follow Kraloth, not seeing where he's heading, what he's following, but trusting your friend. And you head down two stories to the conservatory, bathed in moonlight coming out through the windows that point east. You see... A ghostly figure that stands in this room at one of the windows, staring out at the darkness of the canyon. Its body is draped in flowing robes, ethereal and serene. Um, are you seeing this, Red? Yeah, I am. Did your captain lead us here? Yeah, he did. I'm sure it's all right. Red just leans back to the stairwell and just does a to let the others know. Like, I think this could be something they could might want to experience too, right? As soon as I hear that little bit of a whistle, I like immediately turn over and grab Jack's leg and I shake him. Jack, wake up. What the? Jack is not trained for combat and does not keep snoring when he wakes up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mid-nightmare from all of the horrible things that have happened to him recently. He, Whoa, uh, what's going on? Red's down there with Kraloth. I think there's something interesting going on. I don't think it's dangerous, not by the sound of the whistle. Come with me. But Doran, as you stand up from Lehman's tiny hut, you look out at the night spangled with pinpricks of bright stars, and you see that below you in the canyon, a crawling, grasping fog is rolling in. The mist billows and rolls like the sea spreading out to every rocky crevasse and enveloping the base of the tower. Oh, hey, look at this. I uh, give a whistle back down to Red, and I go, (whistles) bit of a heads up. It's a knowing whistle. Red nods. A knowing whistle. Sort of looks out the window and turns back towards Kraloth, who's approached this thing. Zolkan, are you awake now? Um, is it morning? It's not clear what's happening yet. Something. Doran, why don't you go scope it out? If I leave the yeah. the safety of the camp, it goes away. But right now, we could all last here all night if we were under siege by something. So I'm... Okay. Until there's a real problem... I'm going to go run down now, then. Keep an ear out for if there's anything crazy happening. Give us a signal, we'll be there. I just... All right. You've got a safe place to retreat to. Yeah. No, good thinking. Good thinking. And Doran kind of like scrambles out in a hushed whisper down the stairs. Doran, you you find your companions standing in this moonlit conservatory. And Kraloth steps forward and says, Hello, miss. I see you. And as you walk in, you hear this figure begin to speak. Our company came to the tower late in the summer, having plundered the river. 
and gained the ire of the barge masters upstream, we fled up into the canyon, looking for a place to lay low and hide our spoils. Finding this ruin felt like destiny. And after sowing our loot and posting a guard, we crowed about our fortune and collapsed into revelry, our final night cloaked in the rapture of greed. The fog came in off the river then, curling around each bend, seeking us and finding our nest in the tower. Belril woke us and bade us arm ourselves, for the unnerving sound unmanned him as it surrounded us. We took up positions to defend our lives and our bounty, a fool's endeavor. We stood no chance against the horde. The swarm so vast it stripped the life from us in a mere instant. And she turns from the window where she looks out at the fog growing in the valley. The fog looms, mortal creature, I have watched it many times from my station in on death. Whenever this tower acts as shelter, it is always the same. You cannot fight, nor can you flee. Even the surest footed horses are run down and torn to pieces. Hide. And from that instant, the tower is mired in thick fog on all sides. From the fog... The distant sound of clicking echoes all around, getting closer, louder, and you start to be able to discern shapes below through the windows, something moving in the darkness, many somethings. We have to hide. Right. Red, we have to hide now. A chittering, clicking sound seeps out of the fog, and from your spot here in the conservatory, you begin to hear tapping on the walls of the tower on all sides, climbing faster than you could possibly ascend the stairs like the probing of claws. Something dark moving outside the tower all around you. I don't think we're going to make it up there. Doran, come on. And he runs to the stairs and heads one floor up and quickly holds the door open for Kraloth and Doran to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, follow him in and, and close the door behind. <sighs> Maybe we should bar the door. And Red sort of like motions for Kraloth to pick up a desk and, and like we sort of move it in front of the door. Mm-hmm. And Kraloth does that, but then he also looks at the bottom of the door where there's a crack and he grabs a, a sheet of burlap and, and mm. puts it down underneath. Cool. To potentially like stop it. it. And Red runs to the windows and like closes the drapes as well. Yeah, and Doran's pushing up the beds and, and pushing the dressers in front of the windows as well. She said there was no chance. We need to do as much as we can. And he, he scurries under a bed and uh, sort of leaves room for Doran. Because I think the two of them would fit under one bed. Mm-hmm. Kraloth would probably fit under the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kraloth puts himself under a lampshade. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kraloth is, is going to uh, cower under a bed as well and... Uh, are you able to do that uh, that spell that, that makes us unheard and unseen, Red? Yeah. And I'm going to cast Silence. Hmm. Ooh. You lose all perception of whether or not it is safe for you inside this sphere as all of your senses are dampened. You can no longer hear these creatures crawling all over the tower. You have no idea whether they're still there or not. Jack, from your spot on the roof, you hear tapping on the walls of the tower 
on the walls of the canyon all around you, like the probing of claws. Yeah. And you start to be able to discern these shapes around you, moving on the walls in the darkness. What are we seeing? It's hard to tell. These are quick creatures that are moving spider-like, climbing multi-legged creatures, hundreds of them. For lack of a better thing to do, Jack goes to his safe place, which is studying something, and so creates an illusion, like a minor illusion of the thing. And as he sees another detail, just picks something out he tries and like molds it onto the thing. So at the end of this, he'll have an idea of what like what he saw in the shadows. Mm-hmm. You feel something on your leg. Yeah. As Jackson looks up at you nervously. Oh, I'll scoop him into my arms, absolutely, and rub the back of his head as I keep peering out into the darkness. You hear a terrible screeching racket as these creatures breach the tower and begin their climb upwards toward you. And as they crest the sides, you see them nimbly shuffle towards you in the darkness. Red, Kraloth, Doran, as you stand in utter stillness, not even hearing the sounds of your own hearts racing in your chests. You see the burlap sack that Kraloth had stuffed underneath the crevice at the bottom of the door get pulled backwards in the darkness as something snatches it away out into the hallway. And then from your vantage underneath the beds, you see the door begin to shudder as it is being broken down. Oh, but we don't even hear it. That's the thing. Red holds a finger up to his lips, just like shaking his head. And I think he slowly pulls his rapier. The door shudders with increasing intensity, splinters, and as you watch, part of the door near the doorknob breaks open and you see this long spike push through, probing, and then the door comes off its hinges altogether. Something dark moves into the room, climbing up the wall, spider-like. It's followed in quick succession by eight or nine other creatures. Their spiked legs tapping the stone. You feel like you can almost feel the reverberations through the ground. Mm. Six dark crab-like legs propelling a thick reptilian body. And Jack up on the roof, we see him sketching it onto this illusion fervently as he sees them climb all over the top of Liaman's tiny hut, entirely covering everything he can see now. Their necks curve long, hypermobile, and they snap and hiss at each other through jaws of sharp white teeth, rearing up tall as a horse on four legs and probing the air with their snout, searching for the source of some trace. They skitter through the room now. You see their legs breaking the stone underfoot as they pace around the bed, Jesus. knocking at the remains of furniture aside and stabbing them with their foreclaws. Doran just stares wide-eyed at the goings-on in this room. Kraloth, you recognize the remains of the sheet that you used to cover the bodies earlier of the cadavers. Uh, it's being torn at by two or three of these creatures 
They're fighting over the remain of something that once had blood on it. And then they start to leave. And we breathe silently for the first time. (sighs) Seconds pass like minutes. And slowly, slowly, Jack, the tapping on the outside of the tower recedes. The creatures leave you alone from where you are sitting underneath Liaman's tiny hut. Once they're gone, I'll start sending messages in the direction Doran went, trying to see if I can... Doran, are you okay? After like a good minute, you know, maybe Doran starts to move and Red like holds a hand up. He's like, no, no, another minute. And then eventually, I think Red slinks up to the door and just looks out. And I think he nods to the other two. And I think we head back up. As you begin to ascend the stairs, Red, you find yourself face to face with one of these... Six-legged, chitin-covered reptiles. Oh, fuck. It hisses in delight and launches itself at you as three more creatures skitter out of the shadows and join it. Fuck. Everybody roll for initiative. It tricked you! That would be a natural one! Oh, no! That's a four. Red was not ready. All right. Doran? Also a four. Who wants to go first, Red or Doran? Red, please. <laughs> Kraloth, what'd you get? I got uh, 14. Jack rolled a 19 for, what's that, for what that's worth. But. Now, is it safe to say that we uh, we healed up? No. With short rests? No? Nope. You guys did not roll hit dice. You did not have a short rest. You tried to take a long rest that was interrupted. Oh, I see. Health potions, people. This is going to be a short battle for Red. All you need to do is get up to the top of the stairs. It's not going to matter. I'm going to go down. <laughs> all right. Jack, it's your turn. Doran, Red, Kraloth, are you right? Right at the edge of the stairs, but not daring to leave the spear. Are we in silence still? Oh, yeah. We still have... All of this is in silence. Oh, yeah. We're... Uh, yeah. So they don't hear you. It's like this. It sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Great. So it's the creature's turns. They swarm you, Red... Uh, all four of them. Yep. They come running towards you. So two of them are on either side of you as you look out from the doorway. And then two of them come down from the ceiling and drop onto the floor. They all stab out at you with these long pointed four claws that look very much like crab's legs, um, but mm. thicker and more deadly pointed. Delicious. Not as good as lobster. (laughs) Too much work for reward, you know? Does 17 hit you? Yes. Does 23 hit you? Yep. Does 10 hit you? Nope. Does 8 hit you? Nope. Does 7 hit you? Nope. Does 14 hit you? Nope. Does 18 hit you? Yes. Does 12 hit you? No. So in a flurry of stabbing... These four creatures launch themselves at you, Red, screaming in silence, and you take three good hits. (laughs) Five piercing, followed by another five piercing, and then eight piercing damage. So 18 altogether. Yeah, Red goes down. Oof. Kraloth, it's your turn. You're standing behind your friend, and you watch him sustain these terrible injuries. Oh, and the silence winks out. Right, of course. The silence winks out while Kraloth is mid-shout. No! Kraloth rushes forward 
in between Red and these creatures. And as a bonus action, he's going to cast Spiritual Weapon. Mm -hmm. So a scythe appears behind one of these creatures. And he shouts to Doran, I'll try to draw their attacks. And I'm going to take the dodge action. Cool. And try to get as many of these things to try to attack me as possible. Come on. So you're standing on top of Red's body, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Standing over and protecting him. Yep. uh, And trying to take the hits. Awesome. So make a melee spell attack against one of these dudes. Uh, That's a miss. My scythe. How do you know? Doesn't come through. It was a two. (laughs) Yeah, no, you miss, unfortunately. Okay, but valiant action. So this misty scythe just hovers above one of the creatures and takes a swipe and it skitters out of the way. Red, it's your turn. Make a save against death, my love. God. Natural 20. Hey! Hey! That dice went from a 1 to a 20. (laughs) That means you come back to one hit point. You're back up with one hit point. Sweet. Technically, now that you're conscious, you and Kraloth cannot occupy the same square, unfortunately. So I want you both to take 1d10 force damage. I'm kidding. Oof! (laughs) Kraloth goes down. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember that you guys are going to have to deal with that as your turn. I think we'll homebrew it that... One of you is going to have to move next turn. You can't continue to occupy the space. Get out of here, Kraloth. You're standing on my stomach. Oh, you're alive. Thank Kellenvoy. It's going to take more than that to kill old Red. It ain't your time yet, buddy. Doran, it's your turn. Red, just like he's lying on the ground, Kraloth's above him, just protecting with his shield. And you watch like Red coughs up some blood and like turns weakly. I didn't cough anything. I said a (laughs) badass line and I'm ready to fuck shit up. Doran uh, releases a guttural, watching (laughs) real, real (laughs) imaginative. Doran, you're alive. What's happening down there? Oh, we were in a plot of silence there, but we're being attacked by these gangly creatures. And as he's yelling this up to Jack, he dives through the doorway and I attack. So you leap through the doorway, two creatures just stab out at you with their long, stabby claws. Stabby claws. Does a 23 hit you? Yes. (laughs) Does a 15 hit you? No. So you take four piercing damage. Ow! (laughs) I felt like a little pinprick. Maybe I I underestimated the power of these things. And he pulls his axe over top of his head and he brings it down. Mm -hmm. 26 to hit. Yes, you hit with a 26. Nice. Yeah, its armor cracks underneath the weight of Orc Splitter as you wield her. Doing full damage of 18. Hell yeah, you do. Whoa. And then I don't even change my focus, and I stay right on that one, and I take another hack at it Mm -hmm. with 19 to hit. Yep. 14 damage. Yeah, you fuck it up really good. Nice. Your axe is still kind of buried in the back of its head and it's screaming at you. This like reptilian face. I'm feeling lobster tonight, boys. Okay, great job. Jack, it's your turn. You hear the cries of your friends echoing up from downstairs. What do you do? Did I learn, like just looking at these creatures all night as they fucking were around us, did I learn anything I think could help these guys if I, if I yelled down at them? I mean, you know for sure that they're well armored. As you're watching them and hearing the sounds of their claws tap on the outside of uh, Liam and's tiny hut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, barring that, I might just help Zolkin up and say, Zolkin, go help them. I'll, it's safe. You just drag them back up here. As soon as you get inside the, the barrier, we're safe. Um, Zolkin's like, all right. And what are you going to do? 
If I leave the space, the shield drops. If I, I'm, I'm stuck here keeping the safe zone. If I go down there, then we could be overwhelmed. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Ugh. And then Zolkin picks up his scimitar and rushes downstairs. Uh, takes him basically all of his movement to get to the rear of the creature that is just to the north of red. So Zolkin dashes for his turn and makes it into the fray, breathing heavily uh, and wielding his weapon. Nice. Just in time for the creature to turn on him. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, it readies its sharp foreclaws and pounces on him, screaming. Luckily, because of this narrow hallway, Zolkin is not affected by the creature uh, having access to its companions. Unfortunately, Zolkin takes two hits from this creature. Oof, oof. Both of its foreclaws go straight through Zolkin's leg. He died a hero. Oh, he takes max damage. Uh, yeah, Zolkin actually takes both of those hits through the abdomen, and he oof. starts bleeding out all over the place. He's still alive, but he's oh, not looking great. Um, oh, <laughs> Brave coming down here. Yeah. Kraloth, the two creatures that were standing over Red's body just ready to start eating him, they attack you instead as you were this beefy target protecting your friend now with your shield. They have disadvantage. The first creature attacks you twice with a 22 and a 23 to hit you. Definitely both hit. Both of them hit. And then the second creature attacks uh, 15. That hits as well. Yeah. Fifteen Ooh. hits you? Yeah, I don't have my armor on. I'm in my knickers. Oh my god! You got a print on them, or are they just like a leather, or what you got going on? Yeah, knickers. Uh, they're like the classic white with hearts. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. I think. Yeah. But you got your shield yeah. out, right? I, I'm, I'm picturing like a heart balanced on a scale of Kelimvor. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, I like that merch idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, you take twenty even points of damage Holy for those three shit. hits. Oof. Okay. The final monster attacks Doran uh, wildly, even though Doran's axe is firmly buried inside of its brain. Mm. That's a natural 20. Oh, my God. Ooh. Don't fight. Just run up here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cancel it as a 20. Ah, oh, yeah. Nice. nice. So it's just a normal Man. hit. Fuck yeah. But I've used, I've used, that's the Thank second you. one that I've used. That's five piercing damage, Doran. Ugh. Thank you, Kraloth. Kraloth, it's your turn. Whoa. Um, Kraloth moves out of the way of red, shifts over, and says, uh, just get out of here. Don't worry about me. I'll figure it out. Red says, bleeding. Bleedingly. I always wanted to die surrounded by my friends. Unfortunately, that won't be today. Well, you can't die down there. Get up here. I'm talking to Kraylon, Jack. You know, this is an issue with us. You always tend to put your nose where you shouldn't be. Through, <laughs> <laughs> like, struggled breath. You bleed out one. again from all the exertion of talking. You can't die till yeah. we resolve our bullshit. Get up here. <laughs> we don't have the time. I'm going to slice at it. Excellent. That's 17 to hit? No, you miss. Wow, these things are tough. Okay. They okay. are be armored. They're be armored. They're de lovely. They be armored. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> 
They're probably from Yartar. <laughs> <laughs> if not from Yartar, then Jalanthar. Jalanthar. Or Rasalantar. Rasalantar. Or Watar Dipe. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to parse that last one. <laughs> In that case, I'm going to I'm going to disengage. And I'm going to... As your action? Yeah, as my action. Mm-hmm. And red through tear-filled eyes is just like, goodbye, my friend. I mean, these creatures are excited about eating something. Oh, shut up. You got another character on deck, don't you? Mm, I'm... It's safe up no, here. I'm just Get up to, here. I'm trying to decide. Like white Fang. Oh, Go. It's Get it's out so of rough. here. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I don't love you anymore. It's, God, I'm like deer in headlights right now. Justin, your instinct is fine. I think you should disengage. I think you should get to the Lima's tiny hut. That's what we should all be doing. And we're going to do that. I'm going to do it. It's going to be fine. Okay. I'll just disengage and run. It's fine. Uh, so Kraloff is going to disengage. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, come on, let's get upstairs. And he's going to move over. I can't occupy the same space as Red. And I'm going to move over to the stairwell. So you dodge past these creatures, past Doran, and you begin to ascend the stairs. Red, it's your turn. What do you do? Red, eyes welling with tears as his friend abandons him. Shut up. (laughs) You jerk. (laughs) Red sees these creatures looming over him and... With a fear that has struck him to his core, he reaches into the bag of holding and pulls out a berry. And he slips into his mouth and says, God, I hope that's not one of the poison ones. And he's going to swallow the silver invisible berry. And now that he's invisible, he's going to use his feline agility to move 90 feet all the way upstairs and back into Liam's tiny hut. Awesome. Could you imagine, though? I just put the poison berry in my mouth. Oh, that's tasty. You have the shits and then you die. And then I t- <laughs> have the shits and then Get I into die. Liam's tiny hut and then the cramps start and you're in real trouble. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I took two berries. It's a handful of berries. I don't care what they were, but... God, why am I colorblind? Doran, what do you do? Um, I attack. <laughs> the one that's in front cool. of me. Oh, because if you attack, Hold you can't provoke attack of opportunities. Then you can walk up, you can back up anyways. You're laughing. Yeah. Right, that's true. That's the whole mobile thing. You can do your multi-attack and then go back up the stairs. That just leaves Zulkin by himself downstairs. He'll figure it out. He's got five hit points. Don't worry about it. Fuck. <laughs> okay, I'll just attack a one in front of me before thinking anymore. Do it. That is probably going to hit with a 26. Yep. Nice. Doing Sweet. All right. 17. What does it look like when you kill the monster? Oh, I chop off its head and it's like neck and head kind of go wiggly, wiggly. And its legs are all chattering around looking for where it's Picturing like a fountain of blood as this long neck whips back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Evil dead style. And its legs are still like moving, like stabbing at the ground. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Ugly blue horseshoe crab kind of blood. So as that's happening. Ugly. Yeah, then then I run around. And I stand beside Zolkin at the bottom of the stairs. Okay. So you run to the other side and yeah. you take up position beside Zolkin. Yeah. And attack mm-hmm. the creature that's standing in front of him. Yeah, man. Do it. I mean, this is very brave of you. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to give everybody the best opportunity. Great. So, Doran, you take down this one monster and then you hustle around the bend. You hear your friends running up the stairs, but you don't follow them. No. You come around the corner and you see Zolkin. He's bleeding heavily from the stomach and he's beset by three more creatures. 
What do you do? I attack the one that's standing directly in front of him. And I kind of get in between you, like, him and the Push your way between him. Yeah. yeah. And I put my hand on his chest and I say, get out of here. And I attack the one creature that's standing in front of me and I hit with a 27. Fuck yeah. Yes, you do. Nice. Doing 15 Hey, splashing great damage. job. Nice. Splashing damage? <laughs> Jack, it's your turn. You watch as, uh, I mean, you don't watch as Red does anything because he's invisible, but. Red must have dived right behind him and Jack's still like staring at the edge of this bubble down the stairs being like, get up here, everybody. And just like frustrated as heck. He's, he's almost got like a, a little blinking illusion of an arrow being like, come the fuck up. It's all, it's all he can do. You hear Red's voice. He's like. Hey, Jack, what's new? And like behind <laughs> you, you just see blood like dripping out onto the floor. Shit, Red, are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. One hit point. I don't even have any healing potions to offer you. Take one from my bag, please. Oh, I'd love to grab one from your bag and feed it to you. Yeah, you, you can do that as your action for sure. Definitely. You rifle through the bag of holding, you find one of the healing potions. I, because it's also like, Red, where are you? You're invisible. Tell me where the bag is. You're pouring is. it on my face, Jack. You know, what? It's what? right in my eyes. Come on, man. In order to get it in in Red's mouth, I feel like you re- you have to like hug him. Oh, to, like, it's a very intimate like is. guide my hands kind of moment for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just it's kind of sexy. Downstairs, Zolkin clasps a hand to this wound that is just oozing blood all over the place, and he's like, "Doran, are you sure you got this? Get out of here." So he disengages from the enemy and runs upstairs backwards, sort of keeping an eye on you, Doran. But you watch as he retreats and he makes it almost to the top of the stairs. Excellent. It's the creature's turns. Doran, you are swarmed by three terrible monsters. They attack you two times each with advantage, each of them. 15 to hit? Nope. 18 to hit? Yes. Uh, that's 22 to hit. Jeez, yeah. I thought that was damage. I was really worried. I was going to say, what the fuck? <laughs> and 10 to hit. No. 20. Yeah. Uh, so that means you take three hits from these three creatures. One each lands a hit on you. All together, you take 23 piercing damage. Doran, you take these three terrible hits. Yeah. Jab, jab, jab. And these creatures are just chittering, screaming at you in their weird reptilian insectoid voices. Mm. Hungry for your flesh. They're like tearing at you with their teeth kind of tentatively as you defend against them, blocking their arms. Cool. And I'm going to move and start heading up the stairs. Kraloth, it's your turn. So Kraloth sees Doran coming up the stairs and Kraloth's right at the top. He says, come on, buddy, come on. And Kraloth is going to cast Channel Divinity. Uh, He's going to cast Path to the Grave on one of the the chitterers that's been hit because he knows that when Doran does an attack, he will be able to dodge away successfully. So Mm -hmm. the next time this creature takes damage it's going to be double okay and then kraloth is going to book it to liaman's tiny hut excellent red it's your turn you watch as zolkin just drags himself up the stairs and you can hear kraloth moving up quickly after him what do you do i'm still invisible right yeah you haven't taken an attack action cool um i'll probably just how much healing did you get seven hit points going back up to eight jack is cradling you Thanks, Jack, but uh, I don't want to have to tell Torrin about this. And I push myself out of his arms and I run over to Zolkin and I help him into the bubble. Oh, nice. 
I'm like, come on, buddy. And this like invisible force puts his arms around Zolkin. And there's this whole like moment of, because I want to get out there and like help drag him in, but I stuck. If I leave the bubble, it goes away. So there's this like hanging right at the edge trying to, you know, you have to keep signal like, everybody in. Stopping yourself you from crossing You have to keep justifying it. Guys, I can't leave, okay? I swear I would, but I just, uh, if I leave. Jack's <laughs> actually like having a snack. <laughs> he's got, like, he's I can't. Got, I'm just reading a book. You know, what else was I going to do? You want to really make your time efficient. And that's the secrets of the math. Masters, you know, is to find the best right. use of your time. When you said he's not. having a snack, all I could picture is him having one of those like cheese dips with the with like the stick crackers, <laughs> like snack fantasy uh-huh. charcuterie version of that, where he's laying on no, a no, but board like, and slicing up some cheese. No, in crackers. my mind, it's like literally that plastic pull and peel. He's like, got a just lunchable, and you just got like you're dipping those sticks in the cheese. You're like, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm I can't, I can't help. Here, I'm honestly. sorry, I got no magic, and I'm stuck in a bowl. He's what are you peeling the plastic off a fruit roll up? No, but but red puts his hands around Zolkin and brings him in as Zolkin sort of gets this feeling of like this invisible creature kind of sweeping him in. And and I say, I'm like, I saw you came down for us, buddy. You you did good. And Red, you, you help Zolkin into the safety of Lehman's tiny hut and he collapses on the ground at Jack's feet. Doran, what do you do? Uh, So I imagine these creatures are chasing me up. Yeah, man. So I'm going to continue to attack and run. Cool. Doran, it's your time. And I'm kind of like walking backwards up the stairs, chopping down. So I feel like I have advantage mm-hmm. on these hits. I don't think so, but <laughs> nice try. <laughs> He's got the high ground, though. If Star Wars oh, taught us anything. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. And I think sorry. we all established it didn't teach us anything. <laughs> uh, and of all the jokingness, it's like my dice were reading me or something. Does a 13 hit? No. Oh. A so swing and a miss. Hit. Um, but I should hit Attack with the other a one. 27. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> nice. Double damage. Doing double damage? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the one, two. The old, the old one, so three. you roll yeah. once and double it. 32 damage. Holy nice. shit. Oh, yes. Yeah, you fucking kill it. Good. Nice. Yeah. I put my axe through its torso mm-hmm. and it splits it kind of open and the legs can't support its body and it crumbles in half send yep. these fuckers back to where they came from it actually starts rolling down the stairs right yeah because we're on the spiral and, uh, staircase it rolls downstairs and you don't see it anymore it just leaves this trail of dark blood and i run into the hut you're the last one okay i think what's down it, more of those creatures uh, there are these uh yeah these like crawly legged creatures with big fangs and I don't know. I just killed a couple of them, but they seem to be doing a lot of damage to our party. Doran, is Red still down there? I don't know where he is. I'm here, boys. It's okay. Oh. Ah. And you feel like a little furry hand on your shoulder. Old Red isn't going to go down that easy. <laughs> is this a hand, like a yeah. paw print of blood on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank Cullen for Red. I, I, I... Well, you can, you can thank Thara for, uh, for those berries. Oh, is that what you ate? Oh. Anyway, and Red, you just see like the shifting of cloth as he crawls back into his bedroll. He's like, I think I just gonna rest my. The creatures are like run up from downstairs and just start battering the side of Lehman's tiny hut. I think I want to take another 10 minutes to like re up the spell to give us another eight hours. A top up. So these monsters, you know, throw themselves against the wall of the hut and then eventually lose interest Mm -hmm. and retreat back to wherever they came from. 
and you're able to get some rest. I feel like Doran, well, I, I feel like we would all be sitting there kind of like in this exhausted shamble and watching these creatures throw themselves at this invisible wall in front of us and just like, just kind of take it in and catch our breath as we watch these creatures exhaust themselves throwing, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, like that image in my mind of the, them throwing themselves at nothing and kind of going, what the hell are they? Losing interest in leaving, you know? The Kraloth is, is brows knit together in concentration and confusion as he fumbles at the ring on his finger. Well, best if we uh, get some rest. Um, you're all going to be okay? You all feel patched up well enough? Yeah. <laughs> sleep will do me good. <laughs> Zolkin is like, need rest. And curls up in basically in shock in his bedroll. After waiting for the adrenaline to subside you're all eventually able to fall asleep and why not i'll let you guys get eight hours of, oh, hey, uh, thank of rest you, you get thank your long goodness. rest da, 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 da. Oh. feels like it doesn't happen too often these days <laughs> this might be the first yeah. rest jack has had like the real one in a long time and you can't call this a good night that's for sure <laughs> It dawns bright and clear, but crisp. And actually on the outside of Lehman's tiny hut, it's not as translucent as you would expect because it's covered in a layer of frost. And I love the idea that we were sleeping for an hour and then got woken up. So like an hour before Jack assumes it's going to stop, we're all just looking up and the snow, it just goes... And all the snow falls on us. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, ah, rrr, rrr, whoa, ah, I mean, there's there's something oh. magical though of, of looking up and just having this hoarfrost <laughs> yeah. dome like lattice work above us for just a minute before it collapses in on us. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a way to wake up. Oh, good morning, boys. I'm feeling much better. Ooh. Red sits up and starts rolling up his bedroll in the frosty morning. Mm -hmm. I find it refreshing. How's everybody doing? I'm feeling much better, thank you. Really needed that rest. What the hell was that all about? Jack, when we went down there, there was a spectral creature speaking to us and warned us of the fog coming, and they told us to hide. This place has some terrible memories. I don't know, it it said the name Belril, but it didn't seem so much as a warning, but more of just a... Maybe a kind spirit that hasn't passed yet. Jack takes some notes down on actual paper to, for historical purposes and, and sort of says, let's, let's hope the vultures survived. It's funny now that Lehman's tiny hut has been dismissed. The vultures are not in their stables downstairs, but they are all perched on the rim of the canyon looking down at you in the tower. It seems like they had escaped their captivity last night and made it clear, but they're still bound to this place by some instinct waiting for their masters. So they took to the air last night in response to this onslaught of monsters, and and they're here like horses after a storm, just waiting for you. Nice. Cool. Red is reaching into the bag of holding and he's handing out all of the cowls and uh, to everybody to ride them. And as he gets to Zulkin, he hands the cowl and he says, Zulkin, I meant what I said to you yesterday down in the stables. There's a lot in you 
and I, I hope you put it to good use. Here, and he reaches in, and he takes out his fair share of the gold, 300-ish, whatever it ends up being, mm-hmm. and hands him a big pile of it and says, no idea where you're off to now. I'm going to chase the sun. Don't get too close. I hear it's pretty hot. <laughs> and he dons the helmet, uh, looking darkly handsome with his pointed horns atop this like metal crest. And he starts walking down and he gives you guys a last salute and yells, Farewell, Nightstone 4! So long, Zulkin. Goodbye. Farewell, Zulkin. And you watch as he sort of crawls up, ascends this canyon wall, makes a successful animal handling check, (laughs) 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 loops a leg over the back of a vulture and takes off into the morning light. You know, this is the first time I'm going to miss that jerk. (sighs) Yeah. Um, You guys get set up. Uh, I'll just be a second. And Kralov goes off into one of the corners behind one of the uh, raised areas. And Kraloth um, rubs the ring on his finger and then takes a uh, at-attention stance and says, Captain, you don't need to make yourself seen, but uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for alerting me to the presence of that specter last night. If it hadn't been for her, there's a good chance we would have tried to fight. So uh, I appreciate your looking out for me still after all these years. You don't see him, but you hear his voice in your ear. It's almost fatherly. Be safe. All right. And Kraloth salutes and heads back to the others. And I, I feel like we're trying to get Doran onto one of the vultures. Like, yeah. now, and Jack's on one side, and I'm on the other side. Just hold here, and don't worry about it. As long as you get the helmet on, he's not gonna. And bite I, you. and I keep on like going up ha, and ha. falling over the other side. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, all right, here, and we're like lashing, like we're lashing him on, like I'm throwing it over. But and it turns him. out to be the saddle that's been partly cut through, and by the moment that you have Doran just perfectly perched <laughs> atop the saddle, the then it breaks, and then. Falls off. Dorian, just picture it like a cliff face or a rock. Just hold on for dear life. You know how I could do that. And then all of a sudden I stick and I stick like glue. Hey, I got Kraloth and I hand Kraloth his helmet and put on my own. Figured that this was going to be how uh, you guys wanted to get out of here. So, uh, and I'm going to cast calm emotions on myself. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to cast blindness or deafness. (laughs) That's awesome. I just don't want to see. You know how they say, don't look down? Yeah, I got to cast calm emotions on myself. Strap yourself into that balloon pack. Yeah. And just like my whole face relaxes as I put the cowl on and I say, this is going to be all right. (laughs) The animals launch themselves into the air powerfully, their wings beating hard on either side of you. And you wheel once over the canyon, gaining this wild perspective that just shifts as the animal turns in the air and the four of you wing north back towards Yarder. Back to Yarder. Thanks again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Colin Burkhart, Daniel Doug, Jessica Orrit, Mary Kaniski, Katie Orrit, Perrin Caristi, and Merlin. Thank you so much. Love goes off into 
one of the corners behind one of the uh, raised areas. Hey, Doran, I think Kraloth needs to take a shit. <laughs> hey, speaking of shit, I don't think you're <laughs> shitting about two months. <laughs> you guys have never actually Since used we the started this before. Before. <laughs> a long week. Kraloth, it takes you 45 minutes to empty your bladder. <laughs> All right. Make sure, in fact, and when you're editing that, you guys should put in some silence. Because silence can be like really loud, when, especially when it's back. You know, when, Just add right some silence, Harlan. I'll, I'll add some silence. I'll add a few layers yeah. of silence. I'll, I'll add silence. We have some high quality silence. Yeah, layer, layer it so we get deep silence. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.